And sure enough, the day after he retired, Heather sent me a picture of Scotty sitting in a lounging chair, drinking a beer outside of the office, just kind of toasting everyone that was there. I mean, guy's got dedication because that was oh, early yeah. in the morning. Yep, 7.30 a.m. <laughs> he was in the parking lot ready to go. Yes, just like that, we're on another episode of Open Action with me, John McLean. And this week, I have the pleasure of having an awesome, awesome guest that I have known for a few years now. And, um, I mean, I've been up to her city. She hasn't been down to mine yet. She has, but she hasn't. Well, I don't know if you have or not. I think you just traveled Close. through the area. You traveled through the area to get down to Silver Dollar City, but... Um, so my guest today is Heather Kovring, and Heather is the, what is it, the VP of Client Services of Epicosity, which is the marketing firm that handles Rock Island Armory, along with many other clients. Uh, and then recently she was voted Top 25 Women uh, from Prairie Business Magazine, which is a magazine that, that kind of talks about a lot of businesses between North, South Dakota, and Western Minnesota. So Heather, uh, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I know you were you were talking. You were a little nervous about being in front of the camera because normally you're behind the camera. But um, look, you're, you're VP of Client Services for Epicosity. So why don't you tell everyone just kind of briefly what it is exactly that you do, and uh, and and you can you know express a little bit more about like what Epicosity does, even if it's just you know what what you do for our end, but. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so as VP of Client Services, I not only manage my own account load, which I have been very fortunate enough to be working with Rock Island Armory and Arms Corps, um, but also help support uh, three other account executives. And that's from strategic planning, client renewals, um, making sure that we are being efficient in not only software and system preferences and outreach, but continuing to build client relationships. Um, across our two different sectors of, you know, like we have higher education, we have finance, we have government, and then we have our outdoor accounts. So continually trying to do um, additional education along those lines. What processes can we bring to our clients that could better service them? Um, keeping up on industry trends. So we, do, we, meet, we meet weekly, excuse me, as well as monthly to be talking about the things that we can be doing better how we can execute things, what strategies are working well for certain clients that we can bring to others, what are we seeing in the marketplace. So just being that resource and liaison to continually build, you know, the strategy and execution to making sure that we're hitting the goals and the objectives of all of our clients moving forward. Um, I'll also be taking on um, the role of our project managers, which is super exciting because um, it does go hand in hand, bringing the the client side with marketing strategies and execution into our software and how we can work with our project managers to make sure we're more efficient of getting the work through the system and the appropriate information is there and we're not skipping a beat. And as Epicosity, a full service agency, so super excited to be working here. I have been here for eight years now. My very first week at Epicosity was SHOT Show. 2015 so talk about throwing somebody into the deep end but if i was going to go swimming with the sharks at least it was like the most friendly sharks that wanted to help you <laughs> swim and not get eaten up you know so that was pretty awesome and so we're everywhere from um, insights and research to strategy development digital social media execution video web um the whole gamut so, and we're very excited to be able to do that for Arms Corps and Rock Island Armory from the very top down. Yeah. So if you ever see anything on Instagram, Facebook, or any sort of post from Arms Corps, Rock Island Armory, more than likely it's coming out of the Epicosity office. Uh, you guys have been doing an awesome job of it. And I know from my personal, uh, my personal experience with working with, uh, not just you, but your whole team, um, it's been awesome. Like you guys have had some great, great, I mean, I think. Uh, I, I mean, I can't think of more fun that I've had than family game day, uh, mm -hmm. you know, episodes like making those with, with 
Eric Grafell and JJ Rakaza, Athena Lee and all of them. Like it's it, those are just such fun times. Like if if anything, it was like a reason. Like after you know after Shot Show, after a couple right. of years, you're just kind of like, oh good, it's the same companies showing something that oh this one's got a different grip. Oh yay, you know. But it was always like, well, you know what? I'm going to Shot Show. Why? Because I get to do Family Game Day on Thursday. <laughs> like that's so so I, I think that was awesome. And if you guys don't know, go check that out. You can check that on the uh, Arms Corps YouTube page. It's called Family Game Day, and uh, you'll see some some really fun uh, Family Game Day ideas where we take family games and incorporate firearms into them. But um, yeah, well, that, you know that's that's actually kind of funny. I was going to bring that up. I was going to say so. Explain to everyone out there that maybe have that probably haven't gone. What were your thoughts? What went through your head the, the moment you stepped onto the main floor of Shot Show? Um, for my very first day and week on the job, you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it it was extremely overwhelming because I came from not knowing anything about firearms and not even owning one on day one stepping in a shot show and just realizing the breadth and the experience of the industry and how it expands from so many different avenues um so that that was quite eye-opening which was amazing um but i also came from public relations right before that in in marketing and technology and for those two to three years working with the writers and like the key influencers in that market it was cutthroat like don't talk to me if you don't know anything get out of here like and coming into the firearm and the outdoor industry it was just so welcoming and so that was just such a relief. Everybody wanted to educate. Everybody wanted you to know, okay, you're not educated. You don't know a lot about the industry right now, but we're damn well going to make sure you do at the end of this week and month. We're going to continue to educate you. We're going to bring you in. So that is like the very first thing that I noticed when I, you know, stepped into SHOT Show and I started meeting all of my media contacts and the clients and the the different industry vendors that were there. It was like, they want you to be a part of it. Yeah. Now, so yeah, my first experience when I when I I mean you worded it perfectly. I couldn't have done it better, which is to say it's almost like overwhelmingly like what have I gotten myself into? The first time I walked on the main floor and I saw just like I don't remember if prior to me walking into Shot Show I had ever actually been inside a building that was that large before yeah. with with that much open space. Uh, so for me, it was like, yeah, I, I, as soon as I walked in and I just saw the sky of the roof and how big, I literally like stopped in my, my tracks and I was like, I don't even know where to start. Do I turn right? Do I turn left? Do I keep like, I was frozen with like complete shock and awe. It was uh, it was an unreal moment. So it, it makes me wonder how someone that like, didn't know, like I kind of knew that Shasha was a big deal, mm -hmm. but for someone that was like, so where am I going? Like, what is this thing I'm about to attend? Like, I don't get it. Like, I can and only I think, imagine what you thought when you walked in. You're like, oh, my God, that's a lot of guns. <laughs> yeah. And I think Eric, my, Eric Sievertson, our CEO, who was running the Arms Corps Rock Armor Con at that point in time, I think he purposely didn't tell me how big of a deal it was. <laughs> Saying, hey, we know it's day number one, week number one, but. We're just going to go to a show. You're going to go meet your clients and we're going to, you know, get a little bit of education. That's what you're going to be doing for the rest of your life, hopefully. I mean, uh, it's a baptism by fire, but, mm -hmm. you know, I think one of the best one of the best ways to learn is to just jump in. I mean, you know, if you don't know how to play golf, you shouldn't necessarily just watch videos of golf and and look up youtube videos of golf and read mark like you got to go out to the golf course and swing a club and figure out yep. what the hell it is so i mean well absolutely um, i think it works well for you so you didn't own any firearms prior to even working for a firearms account but uh tell everyone like what have you learned throughout the process of, i mean because obviously you just uh, did, well let's let me ask you this okay were you anti-gun prior to picking up us as an account nope not anti-gun totally second amendment just my i married a man that wasn't a hunter um my father always had firearms on the farm but it was mainly just to you know protect us from stray animals or like our, our dogs and our cats from things like if you saw us 
skunk or a rabid coon in the middle of the day. Dad was getting the shotgun out and he was shooting it. But no, it wasn't anti-anything. It was just we were never in that lifestyle at that point in time. And that's drastically changed. <laughs> yes, I can imagine, right? So um, so once you pick us up as a client, what, what was your kind of mindset process throughout the whole experience going from someone that doesn't own a firearm to now and then tell us, you know, do you guys own a lot of firearms? Do you just kind of have some or, or what's, you know, where you're at now? But how, how did that uh, explain how your like mindset kind of changed as you learned more and more about the industry and stuff like that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we, yeah, we, like I said, we went from zero to owning a small safe beside the bed with two to three firearms to, a second safe that, you know, had, you know, five to 10 to now we have a big old safe <laughs> in the office as well as another smaller one. But it ranges anywhere from, you know, um, uh, uh, our concealed carry pistols to now uh, rifles and shotguns into my son shooting trap because he fell in love with it. When we go camping, our girls like to get into the mix as well. Um, so yeah, it went from zero to a hundred, I would say within about, you know, the first two years. And now my, my husband is like the biggest, um, addict, I would say. Well, that's okay. You know, if you're, if you're going to get addicted to something, at least make it something yeah. positive, right? I mean, exactly. firearms can be an appreciating item, you know, it's, uh, it's better than getting addicted to drugs, alcohol, yeah. or, you know, whatever it is, in my opinion. But, you know, some people will probably argue that point with me. But <laughs> sure. Um, well, and then when you were talking about the mentality, you know, it was first, you know, not having, you know, a lot of thought process behind it. It was just like, yep, this is the Second Amendment. We support it. I understand why people own them when they have, you know, the opportunity to to having a little bit of fear of having that responsibility into it. And to having such a profound respect for, you know, being a firearm owner to starting to feel more comfortable and confident. Um, we try to go to the range as often as we can. Did a bunch, uh, two different, you know, advanced concealed carry classes. John, you know, I still have you carry my gun to the starting line when I want to shoot something, you know, when we're on video and photo shoots and stuff. So it's just still building, you know, that confidence in myself and there's such a huge respect that you have to have you know when you have those firearms in your hands and yeah so i think yeah that responsibility and that forethought and that respect for what you have you have the opportunity to do with it has been huge that it hasn't really been a thought before i was a firearm owner mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right right yeah now uh you said you guys got some concealed carry firearms then does that mean that you guys have your uh do you both have your license or is it just your husband and you're waiting to get nope, yours um or? we both took the class yep and we took them together awesome awesome yeah so you know uh do you feel like when when you got into obviously you were you say so you say you're pro pro second amendment but you just didn't own anything and because i i feel like um ignorance is bliss right like some people that just don't don't own firearms, never consider it as an, as an issue, or they, they just don't think they need one. Like, well, you know, I haven't needed one yet, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and, and yet like me, like my background, obviously I, I always enjoyed firearms. Uh, my, even when I was in a anti-firearm family, I still mm. like, like if anything, it was the worst thing they could have done. Cause it was like, don't touch guns. And the first thing I wanted to do was go touch a gun. Right. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, when I was in EMS, I saw how, quickly human beings can go from calm to WTF, like to, and, and not be experienced, you know, like I'm an EMT, I'm there to help you called me. So why are you throwing punches at me now? Like, you know, it was kind of some of the experiences that I had with some of these patients. So I, I got to see that side of human beings and human nature. So I understand the importance of concealed carry probably more than than a lot of people do because I've seen the bad side of human nature and what some humans can do to others and stuff like that. But do you feel like um, prior to getting as involved with the firearms industry as you have now, do you feel like maybe you had that ignorance before as to like not understand like I don't get why people conceal carry like nothing you know but to now being like oh now that I've seen some things I've heard some stories and you know kind of kind of change your mindset or, or I mean how how did that go from you being oh, I'm pro Second Amendment I just don't own anything to like uh, we got to get our concealed carries. 
Yeah. I don't know if it necessarily changed my mindset. It just gave me, like I said, a, a better respect for the people that, you know, feel confident enough to be able to do that. Okay. Okay. Got it. Mm-hmm. And, and But now you feel like you are a confident enough person. And, and I mean, do you, do you almost feel like, a, I'm not going to say obligation because that's, yeah. that's not technically the right term that I'm thinking of, but like, I mean, so for me, when I carry my firearm, it's 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 obviously for my own safety. It's definitely for the safety of my, my loved ones. So, you know, yeah. my family, the babies, all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, you know, you've, you've always got that moral argument, right? Like, well, what if if someone were to come in and start causing mayhem and I have a, a safe escape to leave, that's going to be my first option versus I, I have the ability to do something about it. Therefore I have the responsibility is the other mindset that some people have. So, um, have you ever thought about that, that whole, like, is that something that crosses your mind now on a regular basis or? Yes. You know, and that was the main reason why I took that advanced concealed carry class. I still don't carry cause I don't have the confidence in myself to, to have, you know, a firearm on my side at all times, but I feel a lot more confident now in terms of how to handle the firearm. If a situation does arise, I know I've talked to you a lot about, okay, like if somebody breaks in my home, what, what are the legal requirements? What do we do? You know? So I feel the confidence now in order to protect myself and my family, if, the need arises now and that's where those classes have really gotten me to is like i know if the situation arises can i protect myself and my family if i need to yes is is it fight or flight definitely flight first i would think but yep but if i have to stay in fight i i feel like i have the confidence and know-how now to be able to do it good awesome that's that's excellent I, i love hearing that now um Okay, so I've got I've got this question for you, and this is going to be kind of a, a weird one. So, I mean, obviously, you you enjoy working with us, I, I assume, because you've been doing it for a while, and it seems like yeah. every time we have interactions, it's it's a positive one. Have you ever been approached about working with a client or for a client whose product you just didn't uh, didn't have any passion or excitement about? You know, like if someone, let's just say, for example, and this is just coming off the top of my head, right? But like if a paper company comes to you and they were like, hi, we're, you know, we're XYZ paper company and we make all these awesome card stocks and letters, heads and all that kind of stuff. Like from that kind of perspective, what's, what's your approach? Like, do you take that client? Do you try and hand it off to someone else? Or do you just like flat out tell them like, hey, I don't think we're a good fit. Like how, how would something like that go about for you? Yeah. Well, we have some core pillars at, you know, Epicosity that we really try to focus on. And those include, you know, you must have an investment and it's not just an investment in dollars, but an investment in time. Um, But we're going to be putting in all of our time and energy and we expect you to be doing the same. Uh, And then mutual respect. So if we have a company that, you know, treats us just like family and the partner that we want to be and we do the same. The other one is being bold. And you can do a lot of fun things with paper as long as somebody is willing to be bold about it. One of my other clients that um, is a lot of fun is Gaylord Boxes and Bags. And they've been able to allow us to do some really creative um, concepting around them. And we're going to do a big video shoot here in two weeks. And, and it's fun. They're allowing us to take the brand another step further um, in our video concepting and our creative direction. So you can make anything fun as long as you have a client that's willing to step out of the box or beg, per se, for unintended. <laughs> ah, right? Very nice. I see yeah. what you did there. <laughs> Okay, you know what that that was a that was a very good answer because I hadn't really quite thought about that fact. Because I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not typically one to like run away from a, a tough situation and stuff. Yep. But I was just curious. Yeah, I mean, if you ever get because like from my standpoint, you know, there there were times. Uh, obviously, you know my background as most people probably do of me being a competition shooter. So I'm sponsored by a lot of uh, companies and and get a lot of support from them. But there's there's times where companies will kind of step up and and offer sponsorship. And it's, you know, when, when you're young, you think like, yeah, yeah, heck, heck yeah, I'll throw your logo on my jersey. Like, I want, to, I want to be able to say I'm sponsored by 20 different companies. And as you progress, it starts to become like, man, I wish I was only sponsored by like four or five good ones because I'm yeah. getting tired of, ty- you know, r- typing out 20 different companies every time I do a post. And 
so I learned pretty quickly that like, you look, if, if, uh, if you're not really passionate about the product that you're about mm-hmm. to, to sign up to be a part of the, the marketing side and the promotional side, then you probably shouldn't do it. Cause like, it's yeah. just, I, I, I did it once. I did it once with the company and like, it was just so hard for me to be excited about what they were, you know, producing that I was just like, man, I can't do this again. Like after, after my first year I was done. Um, so, but that's interesting. Yeah. From, from your person, I guess I, I agree. Like, and it's not that they, they put limits on me. I guess I was more limited to myself. I, I kept myself one dimensional. Maybe that was the problem. I was still young in my career and I hadn't figured out how to, to sell myself out that much, not sell myself out, but I, I get out it. There <laughs> from that point. So, all right. Now, now you were based out of Sioux Falls. Uh, and tell me how, <laughs> I, I explain to everyone what winter is like in Sioux Falls and how much. So there's another individual Ooh, that we used to work go. with. He's retired now. His name's Scotty. And uh, explain the snow situation and how much Scotty loves the snow. Oh, yeah. Sioux Falls, <laughs> South Dakota has been glorious this year. I will have to admit, though, and, and you've been here many Januaries. So I think we do so many videos in January with you. Um, this winter is hitting us a lot harder than what we have experienced in the past several years, but it's cold and we have a lot of snow right now. Um, fortunate, we don't have a lot of ice though. So that makes, you know, just making sure you get your four wheel drive, you know, moving forward to get, you know, over a lot of the, um, the hills and the bumps and the drifts that come through because it's pretty wide open here as well so you get lots of wind yep Yep. so lots of wind lots of snow which if we didn't have the wind the snow wouldn't bother me and the cold wouldn't bother me and just that wind that gets pretty bitter when you're outdoors Uh, yeah for sure and and so for those that don't know scotty is a guy that used to so used to work he kind of retired but he's still like I, I remember the funniest thing is he, he used to joke about how the day he retires he was gonna sit outside of your guys' office in and a reclining chair. And sure enough, the day after he retired, Heather sent me a picture of Scotty sitting in a lounging chair, drinking a beer outside of the office, just kind of toasting everyone that was step I mean, guy's got dedication because that was oh, early yeah. in the morning. Yep, seven thirty AM he was in the parking lot ready to go. So all right, so so as far as the um, the Sioux Falls area goes, that seems to be like um, pretty good hockey territory, and hockey is kind of a big part of your life, isn't it? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I would say probably eighty percent of our life right now is dedicated to my son and his hockey career and or where he wants his career to be going. Now, so I mean, for those that don't watch hockey, which is weird because like I, I still have conversations with people and when they when they say like, you know, oh so you're from Missouri, like so you are a big Chiefs fan and I go, I hate the NFL. <laughs> like, what do you mean you hate football? And I'm like I just I can't stand it. It's 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 so boring. Like it's like I, I gotta wait two minutes for ten seconds of entertainment to then wait another two minutes. To, I was like I can't stand it. And they're like, okay, so you must be a Royals fan. Like, nah, I, I get drunk at baseball games, but I won't watch it on TV. And then it's like, well, what do you? I love hockey. And then they go, well, I never watched hockey. I'm like, see, you're you're missing out. You just don't get it until you get it. But um, for those that don't understand what a hockey parent has to go through and the kind of schedule that is required from you from a parenting standpoint for your kids. Why don't you explain, let's, let's just talk. I mean, obviously right now you got one kid that's out of the house. That's uh, up. He's still up in Canada, correct? He actually is in Omaha, Nebraska this year. He was in Saskatchewan, Canada last year um, at a boarding school playing hockey up there. And now we were able to bring him a little bit closer to home. So he's only two and a half hours away playing for the Omaha Mastery, their 15-triple-A um, team. Okay. but So either way, he's out of the house right now. But but mm-hmm. when he was in the house, explain – and he's a goalie too. So for those that don't understand, like you, you can be a hockey player and you have a lot of stuff. And that's saying nothing. I mean, there's there's a reason why goalies tend to have roller bags, and it's not because they're lazy. So explain uh, what it was like being My a hockey My son's parent. not allowed a roller bag. 
just so you know. He has to carry. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Carries the bag oh, and the sticks. That's good. That keeps his yeah. strength up. It keeps yeah, his wheels are not up. allowed. <laughs> I like it. I like it. But uh, so, yeah, I mean, you know, even me just getting kind of getting into hockey a little bit and doing some of the stick and puck sessions. But like that was my choice. It was like, oh, yeah, I, I'm going to I'm going to go to stick and puck today. But once you're on a team and you make that commitment of I'm going to be there for my team, I'm going to practice, I'm going to, you know, give it my all every time kind of requires a different level of commitment. And when your kid's committed as a parent, you can't just be like, well, I'm sorry that your dream is to do that. But my dream is not to wake up at five o'clock in the morning to drive you to hockey practice. So, uh, yeah, just explain a little bit about what it's like being a hockey parent. uh, And and not not that it's not rewarding. We already know that it can be very rewarding, especially when you're seeing your kids succeed at something they're passionate about. But uh, yeah, for those that just don't don't fully understand what it takes, why don't you why don't you give them a little taste of what it's like being a hockey parent? Oh, it, it it's, I don't want to say a love-hate relationship because it's more of a love-love relationship. Um, some of our very best friends still today are the hockey team that we did our very first travel season with. Um, and I think that's kind of where hockey is a little bit unique in those terms is you um, are gone a lot and you stay in hotels a lot and you build a family with that team you're at every practice um and then in sioux falls south dakota it is growing and it's growing by leaps and bounds which is awesome uh, but but still with only three sheets of ice it's it's 6 a.m practices and it's like 9 p.m practices you know trying to get on that ice and and you're together every day through that season you're traveling almost every weekend dependent upon you know and then it's even through spring and summer i don't think there's any sport that actually has a start and stop season anymore for our kids um but yeah it's it's growing up it's a lot of long hours it's dedication that the teams put in and it's not just on ice stuff too it's a lot of off ice training and you know the, my husband runs a summer and a spring program, and he's bringing in other vendors that, you know, are working with the kids. Um, Empower You does a lot of not only strengthening and conditioning, but also the how to properly stretch before and after practices and how to prepare your body for the, which you're about to put it through, which is pretty strenuous dependent upon where you're at. And with Gavin being a goalie, we've been having him go there and working with, you know, um, some sports chiropractors on different stretching and moves that he needs to do to ensure that his hips don't fail him someday, right? So there's a lot of things like off the ice and preparing throughout the week that you need to do to prepare your body that way. Too. And I think it's a mental game as well. So trying to ensure that you're you're mentally prepared because Every goal that goes by him, he's like, okay, put it out of your mind. You got to stop the next one. You got to stop the next one. And and a lot of times you can get down on yourself, but you got to forget about that last one and just go get the next several that are coming your way because you know they're coming your way because they're all after you. Mm -hmm. See, so so what I hear you saying is as a hockey parent, it's not just about the practice. It's not just about the time when they're on the ice, but rather it can literally be – and I mean – and you got to add into the fact that, like, uh, you know, they've still got other obligations. They have schoolwork. They have grades they have to maintain. They've got mm-hmm. the family life. and all that. So, I mean, it's 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 a lot to juggle by the sounds of it. Uh, so I, I applaud because, I mean, I've, I've seen the way you are with your kids. Obviously, I've been up there several times for, for work events, but I've had dinner with your family and stuff like that. Um, and, and you and your husband are both fantastic with your children and and your kids are awesome, like well-behaved. I mean, they're, you guys are obviously doing a very good job. Uh, I didn't know that he had moved to Omaha as far as his playing hockey. So you might have to send me his schedule because, uh, we, we travel to Omaha sometimes. And if we do, then what I'll do is I, I, you know, I could maybe try and see if I can squeeze in a game or something like that if we're there. For well, a, I have some unfortunate time, news. But... Like, they just had uh, Central oh, Districts in Chicago, so we were there Thursday through Sunday. Got back about Monday morning around 1 a.m. just in time to like, get a quick nap and come to work, right? But, <laughs> so they did not get out of districts to go into the national tournament, which would have sent them to New York or New Jersey, I think. But, so their season is now officially over. over. Um, only after 76 games, 73, 76 games, 
since August. Uh, he's, he's still got plenty of play left in him, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yep, hockey's definitely not over. So now it's continuing training, getting ready for, you know, camps and anything else that is going to get put in front of him. Awesome, awesome. Okay. All right. Well, uh, so I just had to cover the hockey stuff real quick, oh, yeah, but um, I did have another question from mm -hmm. from your perspective of the marketing side with the firearms and stuff, and that is, um, I mean, you know, from my perspective as as someone that's been in the industry for a while, like yeah, there's there's only so many ways you can fling a fling a piece of lead down a barrel really fast, right? So when you got when you got at multiple companies, I mean, uh, hundreds of companies out there that are all manufacturing guns and stuff like that, and, and you start working for a gun manufacturer. Uh, I mean, how do you how do you try and, and break out? How do you try and, and create something that um, is different enough to be to, to stop someone in their tracks to say, whoa, hold on, let me let me look a little bit more into this. What what are some of the key things that you think are important when it comes to to trying to, to break out in that creative space yeah well i would say like the easiest answer for that is to create a product that does stand out in the marketplace that has some of like the key benefits and factors and something that the industry is really needing and wanting or not even knowing that they wanted so that's extremely helpful and i think rock island armory and exposure ra usa is doing a great job of that this year um 5.0 Yep. <laughs> but for some of the other areas, it's like it's doing a lot of competitive research and seeing what other manufacturers are doing. Where are the opportunities that they aren't um, taking advantage of? We do also do a lot of target audience research. So who are the people that are coming to the site? What are they looking for? Um, what content are they engaging with? Um, what are some of the industry terms that we are seeing, you know, in organic search and growth? So there's a lot of research and insights that go behind it. Um, but I would say, yeah, definitely competitive research. Where are some of the opportunities that we can take advantage of that other, you know, manufacturers or products aren't? And continuing to be on top of the trends, especially, you know, in video, there's so many different things with different cameras, different angles, different effects. Um, and then just constantly expanding and building upon your brand, um, not just making your brand. We've always done it this way. Like, how can we change it? How can we alter the look and feel slightly? And I think, you know, together we've been able to do a really good job in terms of utilizing the same brand essence, but continually to um, build it in terms of being more contemporary, or this is what individuals are really focusing on right now. We know 10 millimeters really big. So it's like, so how do you kind of utilize the industry trends and what we know and, you know, the expertise that we have behind it and some of the software that's available. Um, TikTok trends, you know, are huge. And as you know, in the firearm industry, there's a lot of different avenues that we can't go down and utilize to get our product in front of our, a lot of our consumers. So setting yourself apart and truly understanding and utilizing some different graphics and looks and feels and the messaging is key and how we target those that we can because it is harder for, you know, our industry to get in front of people. And yeah. Yeah, explain a little Explain a little bit more about that. Like how, how difficult is it or, or how much of a headache is it to try and do the marketing side through? I mean, because any other company, right? Like someone that wants to sell a toilet can go on Facebook and it's like, oh, yeah, no problem. Yep, you can mm -hmm. sell that S online. No problem, right? Pun intended there. Um, yeah, but then all of a sudden it becomes like, I mean, I, I have posts that get flagged for firearm related stuff. And sometimes it's like, hey, here's a picture of a holster. Oh, that's a weapon. It's like, no, it's a piece of plastic with some screws. There's not even a weapon in it. Like, why are you flagging this? This is so stupid. Like you're, you're yeah. just looking for a reason. Right. Uh, so, so how frustrating can that be? I mean, it's almost like you have to have a law degree in order to figure out like what exactly you can and can't post. Right. I mean, like, is, is that a, a kind of become such a big headache for you guys to, to try and learn how to navigate? Yeah. Organic posting. You, you can post, 
pretty much anything you want for the most part, you know, within reason, you know, organically in terms that are going to be respectful and something that are that the uh, consumers want to see. But yeah, it's the paid portion of really trying to target and get outside of your current followers is where you get into a lot of those different troubles. So like Google, as you said, some of our social channels aren't always our friend. So but what we are able to do that I think this industry does better than most is having the supporters of that organic content through YouTube. So our Instagram influencers and this industry is so passionate that in Rock Island and Armscore has such a great following that people are tagging you all the time. So you get to share all of this content about the great industry and the experiences and um, and if there is a negative comment, like you would like to think that your marketing team is on it, but our fans are on it. Our consumers are on it right away. They are supporting and engaging and helping, you know, support the brand um, from the very get go. So, yeah, so the paid side is, is a little bit harder, but the organic reach that we're able to promote, not just from all of the fan bases, from the influencers are out that are out there. Um, and we are seeing some additional paid platforms that, you know, are allowing us to get in front of a broader audience digitally as well. So the industry is always constantly working hard, trying to find some resolutions around it. But you also have some really great third party sites that hit a lot of those consumers as well. So let's let's expand on that then, because we all know, uh, I mean, I, I personally can tell you like I my, you know, Instagram and Facebook, same company, right? They're both both owned by Meta. And I know, you know, I watched Joe Rogan experience. I saw the episode with Mark Zuckerberg on it and he he swears shadow banning is not a thing. I'm going to call BS on that because there's times where I'll post something that is not firearms related and it will get thousands and thousands and thousands of views. And then the second I post a gun-related item or anything like that, it's like, oh, here's 400 views for you. And it's like, okay, these are all people that already follow me and all that kind of stuff. So I totally think that Shadow Band is a real thing. And it's, he might not be doing it, but people in his company are definitely doing it from my personal yeah. experience. that's that. Well, that's my opinion, right? So let's make that clear. It's not, yeah. not fact, but it's right. Anyway. Um, so, so there can be some frustration with that. And like one app that I found, uh, and, and like Twitter has actually been one that I've kind of started to go into a little bit more just because Elon Musk is coming over mm -hmm. and saying like, look, it's freedom of speech, post whatever the hell you want. Like it just, you know, keep it within the law kind of thing. I'm like, oh, geez, it's kind of like how freedom of speech is supposed to be. And Go Wild was another one, uh, is another app that I've recently just kind of, uh, within the last like two years or so I've been using. But are there any other apps uh, on the social side that you wish would get a little bit more popular because of the, the support of the, the First Amendment and Second Amendment that those, mm -hmm. those uh, applications and stuff show? Um, and that you would just like to see bigger because it's, it's a good app. It's, it's got the, the plus size that we have, and, and it allows people to just kind of be able to talk about things like firearms uh, freely without fear of being shunned or shadow banned or anything like that. Have you, have you found any other apps that are, that are good for that? I, like, I am still like a really big fan, granted, you know, of video is key in communicating the use and, you know, the proper use and the safe use of all these firearms. Um, I, I would love to be able to get us like a true TikTok account because that's where people are engaging with a lot of the industry stuff that we're working on. And I don't want to be marketing to like the underage kids and all that stuff. But like, I think it's just another application that will allow us to get a lot of engagement um, in some of those terms because we have such great video content that we can be promoting and so that that video is key. I'm sad that, you know, YouTube is coming back a bit, you know, and I just want to be able to engage in that a little bit harder as well. OK, so, so you haven't really been able to find any other applications that are that you would would love to see more people get engaged with to, to share the content with. It's just kind of been. I mean, do you, do you feel it's kind of like, oh, you just got to kind of suck it up, stay within their rules and try not to make any waves with YouTube. <laughs> Yeah, I still well, post to you YouTube know, too. Yeah, it's just it's utilizing what we have, and it's you know people are constantly trying to innovate, and so it's 
taking the content and just trying to, you know, figure out how you can utilize it within where we're currently at and then utilizing the industry friends to be able to go through there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Have you, have you ever tried the go wild app at all? I have not. No. You should, you should give it a try. Cause I think, uh, I mean, I, like I brought it up for, for us maybe potentially using it as a, as a new way to, to, uh, get to, cause I mean, uh, you know, on our side, mm-hmm. for those that don't know, uh, we've kind of expanded to the hunting side and that's kind of where this go wild app is, is focused a lot more on the outdoorsmen. So like they even have their own shop where you can go and buy like Turkey decoys, deer decoys, uh, you know, calls, game channel cameras and all that kind of stuff. So I mean, it's, it's a whole inclusive thing, but um, I would highly suggest it. Give it a try. Um, it, it's, you know, now, okay. I know your, your husband has, a, a pretty sick little rifle that he just recently got some vortex glass on. Cause you guys called me about <laughs> advice on vortex optics. Right. Um, is he, is he hunting now? No, no, we just like, we have some good, we have some good friends that have like an outdoor range that we go out there and just do a lot of target shooting at. Okay. Then any interest at all of maybe trying a hunt or something like it? Oh, I, I, I I'm just curious. Yeah. Well, with the, with the, the right person by his side, for sure. Like our director of hockey has taken Eric out a couple times and, um, definitely our son, Gavin is very interested in that. He, he'll sit outside all day, you know, all morning waiting for that Turkey to come by, but. Okay. So, so some hunting Yeah. by the sounds of it then. Yes. Okay. So, like, well, like, do you... well, we go. I don't know if anything has actually been shot at this point. Um, besides the pheasants <laughs> that we train to stand in the middle of the field in South Dakota until your dog comes and kicks it up in the air. And then there it is. Safe out. Pheasant hunting is something I've never tried. I know you guys uh, have said that pheasant season was around or it was in season when I was up there filming at one point. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, an idea to, to try and have me stick around for a day or two, to try, which I, I'd be more than happy to. But man, the problem is the uh, the out out of resident or um, out of state resident tags are just mm-hmm. so expensive. I mean, so much more ex- expensive than than uh, if I lived there. But um, man, yeah, I mean, he's got he's got such a cool little rifle setup. I'm surprised he doesn't want to drop a deer with it because they do a great job of doing that. Just saying. Yeah. Oh, and then you got I'm... all that meat, and then you can make deer sticks, just, you know, and, and send them all to Scotty while he sits outside of Epicosity drinking his beer. Well, and that's where <laughs> so I think happy. I think our life is going to change. I don't want to say dramatically, but it'll, you know, once, you know, the, the kid, well, once the kids are in college, hopefully we've got some, you know, college hockey players. But between, you know, being on for hockey every weekend or volleyball or gymnastics. And this summer is going to be softball every weekend starting here in April through mid-July. Kids do that's for both your girls, yes. Okay? <laughs> yeah, and that, but that's for both your girls, right? Like, So at least, like, because yes. they both pretty much do the same thing at the same time, right? It's not typically like, okay, I got to take one kid to softball and the other kid wants to go play soccer. And they've got... Yeah. Oh, well, this weekend, yeah, there, there's multiple divided weekends. So this weekend I have a softball tournament. And then while for Harper, while Taylor has a volleyball tournament here in town. So we'll be a house divided. Oh. There's been a couple times where Gavin's had hockey and Harper's had a gymnastics meet and Taylor's had a volleyball tournament. And then that's when you get grandmas involved. <laughs> Which, so, I mean, then that's kind of, you know, a, a, a nice thing to have around where, where you're at now. Mm-hmm. How, where were you born and raised in Sioux Falls? I was born in Southwest Minnesota, so only like an hour away from Sioux Falls, and then moved to South Dakota in fifth grade in a small little town called Chester, South Dakota, town about 400, graduated with 38 kids, knew everyone Oof. K through 12. It, wasn't a, it was a common occurrence to go through the lunch line and have a little six-year-old grab your leg and give you a hug. Got it. Got it. Okay. So, but you've been around that, uh, that area then yes. for. Yeah. So we have life, lived right? in. So then I went to school in Brookings. I'm a jackrabbit. So South Dakota state university and then moved to Sioux Falls right after graduation in 2005. Okay. So have you ever, have you ever lived in a big town or a big city? No. Nope, Sioux Falls no. is the biggest. We per- we surpassed two hundred thousand though. 
Oh, I mean, that's <laughs> that's significantly more than what I got here in Chillicothe for sure. But um, did you ever have any desire to to try a big city or did you ever go sometimes just be like, well, yep, nope, thanks. No, thanks. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was um, one of the discussions that when the husband and I got married, we're like, OK, do we want to have kids right away or do we want to go and live life right away? Not that we're not living our life right now. Right. Like. But right. so then we decided, yep, we wanted to raise the family um, right then and there. And it's just been so nice to be close to family, hence why we are still in the Sioux Falls area. Eric's parents are only an hour away. My mom is right here in town and could not do it. <laughs> could not do even a tenth of the things that we do and that our children are in, you know, active in without having that family support. And I think, you know, after the kids are on their own and they, they move elsewhere and do their own things, I think that'll be Eric and our time to go and do so some you, opportunities you... that we haven't had at this point in time. Oh, but but do you think like moving to a big city is is something you have to do? Because like, I'll tell you right now, like the, being born and raised in Vegas, I have no intentions of moving back into a big city after being here I... now. I'm like, nope, over it, done. Place yeah. That place sucked. <laughs> I think my kids have the aspirations to do that. And so I think that's kind of, if we did move to a big city, it would be following one of them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, and I'll say that there's... Like, you know, we're getting our first D1 hockey team. We've got a USHL team. We've got, you know, minor league baseball. You know, we've got football. We've, you know, everything that you truly need. We've got, you know, music... You know, here at the Denny, but as Scotty likes to call it, the country music barn. But we're getting bigger shows and all that stuff coming through here, too. Um, we actually have a, a, an amazing, like, live theater program that is, you know, really booming down here in Sioux Falls. So I really like it. It's got everything we need, and it still feels very safe. It feels like a small town, as it, even as it continues to grow, for sure. Yeah, I actually, I actually quite enjoy every time I get to come visit Sioux Falls. You guys got that main strip. And I, mm -hmm. I stay at the Holiday Inn Express right there next to Epcosity. And, and when I get a chance, I walk down that main strip. Uh, there's actually a little Irish store there. Uh, I think it's called Murphy's or something like mm -hmm. that. Um, and every time I, I'm there, I try to I make it a point to go walk in and say hi to the, the owner of it. And, you know, every now and then I'll, I'll buy something, too, because I'm, I'm half Irish, even though a lot of people won't know that from my looks. Yeah. But... Uh, <laughs> So, no, I, and that, yeah, at no point, like, have I ever felt unsafe about walking up and down that main strip and stuff. Now, I don't know about the rest of the parts of yeah. town, and we've, we've driven through some parts, and I've been like, oh, actually, what, last time we were there, we almost hit a couple deer. So, if anything, you're, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're more than likely probably get assaulted by a deer than you are by a person out there. So, um, for, let, let's, let's say this if someone were to visit Sioux Falls, name three places that you would suggest they stop and check out whether or not it's food or a site or anything like where, where, where are the three spots that you would hit up in sioux falls well you have to go to the falls which is what the city is named after right so that's just right here downtown um during the winter it is so beautiful though you wouldn't think so, like why would you want to go to the falls in the winter but they light up everything and it's just gorgeous every tree is wrapped and christmas time is actually very magical down there um so that's that's phenomenal um then i would say you would need to hit up a couple of our breweries we've got some really good breweries and i think the um what is it the english breakfast <laughs> beer that oh, they yes. have out that seasonal is phenomenal and we actually have a really good brewery scene now which is phenomenal to be able to go and have a lot of you know great craft beers but so you definitely have to do that and i think our theater scene too like the washington pavilion and what they've been able to do and then even one of our creative directors has the good night theater and they have monthly events too and they do such a great job like original music original screenplays like yeah it's it's a lot of fun and can't forget hockey of course you know with like <laughs> 
I'm super excited about um, Augustana University bringing a D1 program. I think that is going to be phenomenal for the city. Um, bringing in other teams and bringing in, you know, some more people that are really going to support that program. And then we also have our USHL team, the Stampede. So lots of hockey in town. Yeah, the, the Sioux Falls Stampede. You, you guys took me to a game, uh, which I loved. It was it was super fun. I Actually, I find that, um, you know, because I just recently finally went to a, a Kansas City Mavericks game here, which is a, a ECHL team. Mm-hmm. And... Man, they they hit and fight each other way more than they do in the NHL. Like they were, were just like fights, like almost every single stoppage kind of thing. So, yeah. well, um, I think it's the anyway, half shields that allow them to have a little <laughs> right extra leverage and not. And then they're they're getting all their fighting out before they go to college because <laughs> they know they're not able to for a while before they get back into the NHL. <sighs> See, see, but I feel like, yeah, the, the, the ECHL guys, I, th- I think they are fighting so much because they're trying to prove how tough they are. They're trying to yep. show like, hey, I can I can take a beating, I can give a beating, and then I can jump back up and try and score a goal or get an assist or anything like that. So, I mean, I, I can see why that that is happening now that I have mm-hmm. a little bit more experience with, with the hockey world and stuff like that. Um, but but the the main memory that i have from that stampede game had nothing to do with hockey it had everything to do with the guy that stood behind the goal taking off his shirt and <laughs> dancing around to cotton eye yeah. joe oh, so, yeah. uh, <laughs> so for anyone that ever goes to sioux falls and you're and you want to go to a hockey game go check out the stampede and and you'll know who i'm talking about because once cotton eye joe starts playing just start looking around you're going to see a lot of people taking their shirts off and swinging them over their head, but there's going to be one that you're going to go like, whoa, that's the guy John and uh, Heather were talking about. I, I know that's the guy because it's hard to miss him. Yeah. <laughs> so, so there you go. Check out Sioux Falls, the actual falls, the breweries. I will, I will give my stamp of approval on that for sure. Woodgrain is, is my favorite to go to. Scotty introduced me to that place. And yeah, the, the English breakfast that they have was, oh, delicious. Great, great beer. Um, uh, we we went to a couple other bars. I don't think I've ever been to an actual brewery, any other breweries, but uh, the beer scene there is is pretty. I mean, so much that you guys at Epicosity, you've got a very interesting Friday. Uh, um, uh, what's what's the word I'm looking for? Not not the not a religion. <laughs> Get together, <laughs> Ex- exp- right? Yeah. Yeah. What what do you guys what do you guys do there at Epicosity on on Fridays that involve craft beer? <laughs> So exactly what John was just saying. So every Friday around 430, we have Craft Beer Friday where we get to enjoy, you know, surviving uh, another, you know, amazing week at the agency and able to get together and just kind of talk. And a lot of the times we'll share some of the things that, you know, we were able to launch um, because we are kind of divided into two different teams within the agency. So you don't really get to see what everybody, you know, is pushing out there for the clients. We do a lot of show and tell and sharing. Um, Some of our local clients that um, are able to attend come and, you know, celebrate and give a couple cheers and just it's just nice to have some camaraderie and, you know, a celebration to the end of the week and bringing, you know, some joy into the weekend and, we get to try, yeah, new craft beers that are popping up. So who gets to pick what craft beers come? So what we used to do is everybody was in, like, each employee was in charge of a week. So, like, if you were traveling around and you'd be like, oh, I want to bring this in there. And we still have a lot of employees do that. So, like, if you are um, somewhere, Eric was... Um, I don't even know where he was, but he shipped a bunch of stuff from um, from South America in some of the beers that he found. And so it, it arrived much later than anticipated. But if we're like, hey, guys, like we like Fernson or Woodgrain or any or Remedy just launched a new beer. We need to go get that. So then we'll go get some growlers and share or, hey, when I was at the store, I saw this. I thought it was unique. So we brought a bunch in. But Epicasi does a pretty good job of scouring, you know, the city and, and having the fridge full for us. Nice, nice. Gotta mm. love it. Gotta love it. Right on. Okay, well, um, 
I've got one little section here that I like to do. It's just kind of like a fast fire uh, mm. question section. Um, not not too many questions and nothing. I'm, yeah. I'm not going to ask you what what's the meaning of life and the universe and everything like uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Uh, I try to keep them fairly simple, but, uh, you know, obviously just kind of give us your, your first answer when you can. And uh, we'll we'll start off with this one. So can you name one artist or band that you would force to stop making music right now? Oh, I would say Kanye West. Really? Okay. Interesting, interesting answer. So, okay. Uh, what was your last impulse buy? <laughs> last impulse buy. Yeah, now, I, now I you're making me feel bad. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, I do those all the time. My goodness, my last impulse buy was uh, some meat sticks and a bottle of wild turkey. That's <laughs> not an impulsive buy. Like, that just, it, like, was, general, it was. Cause like, I was. I want to eat I, that every day. I get uh, well, yeah, impulse buy kind of like, oh, shit. Like, why did I spend money on that type of a thing? But. Well, that's my point because I, I went there specifically looking for um, whipped cream. That's all I was supposed to go buy was whipped cream. And next thing you know, I was like, oh, meat sticks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bourbon. Oh, there but you anyway. go. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I, w- I, I would say my, my biggest, my last impulse buy, we just went to Target last night because we were bored. So I would say probably like the $50 worth of snacks I bought at Target that I didn't need <laughs> just because the girls wanted out of the house. <laughs> But that's kind of how Target goes. Like you can't you can't say you're you're going to go to Target and just walk around because that's not we all know that's that's a lie, right? Yeah. So All right, what is your favorite song lyric ever? Do you have a lyric that is like just sticks with you? It's a lifelong like Yep, that's uh, it's story of my life or yeah, that's my So, it would be my wedding song, Forever Yours Faithfully. From Journey, yeah. Nice. That's your. That's a great wedding song, man, for sure. Okay, uh, whole milk or low fat milk? Low fat. Really? I was I was totally expecting you to say whole. My goodness. Okay. Oh no! I like I I grew up two percent. Now we drink one percent. But like when the kids were younger, it was whole milk for them for sure. Oh okay. So like, for you, you okay, just got gradually it. go down into the. But Starbucks lattes, whole milk. Straight up glass of so, milk with supper or dinner, 1%. Interesting. Okay. All right. And then uh, last one would be um, Ford or Chevy. I you're about to You're about to make, you're about to make so many enemies. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, grew up as a Ford family wholeheartedly Ford then got married and drove exclusively Chevys and now we're kind of getting back into the Ford family with the Lincoln but then we also have a Jeep and we have an Equinox so it really doesn't matter but if you had to pick one or the other pick I a side see Ford just due to make the memory of my father happy okay Ford, and that's a good reason that's a good very good reason to do that mm-hmm. all right well Heather hey I was very glad to get to sit down, chat with you a little bit, and all that kind of Thanks. stuff. I hope you, I hope you're feeling a little better now about it. I'm a little nervous. <laughs> yeah, yeah it wasn't as bad as I was anticipating, right? I do have a whole new respect for the people that we put in these positions now, from a marketer standpoint. <laughs> and that was my plan the entire time <laughs> was to make sure you knew how difficult this could be sometimes, but um, yeah. Right on. Well, for the last for the last part, I just kind of leave the floor open. If there's anything you'd like to say, uh, people you want to give a shout out to or anything like that, now the floor is yours. So go for it. Oh man, that that that's like the hardest like question you just asked me to do is like, yeah, anything <laughs> I want to say, shout out to anybody. I guess I would shout out to my Arms Corps Rock Island Armory family, like internal and external, as well as my own Covrig peeps. Love ya. <laughs> 
Perfect, perfect. Well, uh, with that being said, we're gonna we're gonna call it quits here. But uh, thank you so much for for taking the time to sit down with me, chat, and uh, share a little bit about what you do and and some of your passion. And it's awesome that um, you go in from not owning many firearms to having safes full of them. And uh, you know, next next time I come up there. We're gonna make it a point. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna take it either an hour or something like that. We'll go to the range, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna give you enough time behind the gun that maybe you'll start feeling a little bit more comfortable yes, about concealed carrying there you go. because uh, we'll get that squared away. You've got you've got the resource. We've just never. Uh, yeah, I always try and do turn and burn trips when I can, but uh, yeah. maybe, maybe one time I should tell Lisa that you know, hey, well, yeah, we'll I'm like gonna stay one more day that. for. Uh, it's gonna be an investment on the people, not not necessarily the company, but we. We'll, we'll get you squared away that time. Oh, so. perfect. And and you've got like 36 people in this office right now that'll follow us out to the range. Oh, so I need to charge for the event. <laughs> I think you may just have to. Yes. Perfect, perfect. All right. Well, again, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Heather Kovrig, the VP of Client Sales at Epicosity, thank you so much for your time and, and everything that you had to share with us. And uh, I'm John McLean for another episode of open action. Thank you so much for watching and I'll catch you on the next one. Awesome. Appreciate it. Thank you.